0: Good morning, Brian family. Good job getting up, as Pastor Isaiah said. You made it. i got to tell you, this whole Daylight Savings Time is one of the dumbest things I think that exists in our world today. It makes no sense. Hey, uh, if you are like me, and a little bit on the ADD side, and you're still listening, raise your hand. Good job. You're hanging in there so far. So I think you're going to enjoy today. We're going to do things a little bit differently. Um, This has been... Boy, it's hard to say a week, but it's been. There's been a season of just heaviness, hasn't there? You know, there's been some joy. There's been some wonderful things that have happened, but there's been a season of heaviness. Um, uh, just stuff that's gone on. Uh, I got to tell you, this past week there were some seriously heavy th- things going on. Some of you know what I'm talking about. I'm Not going to get into it, but really heavy things. And here we are today in Revelation chapter 19 uh, as we're we're starting to get close to the end of our series in Revelation, and uh, uh, it talks about rejoicing in heaven. And I feel like, you know, I know that the victory is coming. But I don't know about you, but it feels like it's a long way off. I know we're going to win because Jesus won. Yeah, I know that here, but sometimes it doesn't trickle down into my heart. I know it cognitively. I'm aware that this is what's going to happen. I believe it in faith. But this victory seems like we're going to wait a while, right? I was uh, just looking at different sporting events and looking at long games that took forever to complete. And I came across this uh, baseball game, I think we got the slide up here, from 1981, the Pawtucket, that's somewhere in Rhode Island, they like weird names, the Red Sox versus the Red Wings the Triple A team, they played 33 innings. The game lasted over eight hours. And it started, I think, in the stands. Let me see if I can find this. It started at the game. There were 1,740 fans in the stands. By the 32nd inning, there was 5,746. They just kept playing and people kept coming. You know, after you get you round like uh, inning number 15 and 16, I think the locals were like, there's something going on at the baseball game. we got to check this out. Well, friends, can you imagine being on that field? At some point, you almost give up on winning, right? Just like, somebody score so I can go home. And then your team finally wins. Can you imagine the elation? It's finally over. We finally won. Now, this is obviously a far cry from what we're going to be experiencing when we come to heaven, but I want us to give a little bit of a glimpse. The game has been long, we don't know when it's going to end. It feels like it never will, things can be heavy. It might feel like the enemy has the upper hand that we might not win, but we will win and we will have victory in Jesus. And today, we celebrate that. I asked the band to stay on the stage with me if you're wondering why they're creeping behind me. Um, Because we're going to celebrate today. We're going to kind of go through three chunks in Revelation 19 we're going to separate them with a song so we can get back up and we can celebrate. I don't know about you, but my spirit needs that right now. You know, there's something about singing praises to God with the saints. And by the way, that's what we're going to be doing in heaven. We're going to be singing, lifting our voices with the saints. This morning I looked online and uh, saw uh, my friend Andre in Ukraine posted, uh, maybe some of you saw it, I shared it, I think Pastor Bill shared it as well, but from Grace Church in Brovery, uh, where they've gathered this morning for, for worship and for praise. Man, the the Russian front is is basically there, yet they gathered and they worshiped our God together. And that's what we get to do this morning as well. Like I said, we're going to be Revelation chapter 19. I'm going to start off in verses 1 through 5. As you turn, would you join with me in prayer? Dear Heavenly Father, God, thank you for this day. In the midst of heaviness, in the midst of despair, Ugliness in relationships, lives ending far too soon, people hurting that we don't even know about. In the midst of all of this, God, today we are reminded that you have the victory. Today we are reminded that one day you will wipe away every tear. Today we are reminded that one day we will stand with all of the saints, past, present, and future, singing your praises together. And we thank you for that. And God, as we come to your word today, may your Holy Spirit just speak in and through me. Speak through the worship that we're going to have. And help us take a step closer to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Revelation 19. Verses uh, 1 through 5. After this, I heard what seemed to be a loud voice of a great multitude in heaven crying out Hallelujah! Salvation and glory and power belong to our God. For his judgments are true and just. For he has judged the great prostitute who has corrupted the earth with her immor- immorality and has avenged on her the blood of his servants. Once more they cried out, hallelujah, the smoke from her goes up forever and ever. And the 24 elders and the four living creatures fell down and worshiped God, who was seated on the throne saying, amen, hallelujah. And from the throne came a voice saying, praise our God, all you his servants, you who fear him, small and great. We see three times this word hallelujah, and then later we see it again in a different way. Hallelujah, if you didn't notice, means praise Yahweh. And later in in, in the text it says actually praise our God. So four times in five verses we hear this repeated. Praise our God. And it's not just like an empty praise. It's one from the depths of the soul. As victory has finally happened for the church through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Praise our God. Praise Him for what? Well, the text tells us. Praise God for His salvation, for His glory, and for His power. First of all, for His salvation, Uh, listen to Revelation 7, 9, and 10. After this, I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number, from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. God, our God, Jesus is the administrator of our salvation. That means that He gives it, He keeps it, and He sees it through to the end. Friends, that is good news. Romans eight thirty one through thirty five. Many of you know this portion of Scripture. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare His own Son, but gave Him up for us all, how will we not also? How will He not also? or covid right or a war or death or broken relationship friends whatever it is you're going through right now side note nothing can separate you from the love of god in christ jesus boy it might be hard to hear that it might be hard to believe that it might be hard to feel that it might be hard to realize that this that salvation belongs to God and that he has victory in the end but nothing nothing can separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord hallelujah praise Yahweh our salvation belongs to God we'd mess it up if it belonged to us wouldn't we it'd take no time at all we praise God for his salvation and we praise him for his glory. Philippians 2 9 through 11. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Christ, Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Uh, I think we've shared this here before, but a, a friend of mine. Uh, Dr. Dan Jerrell uses this illustration. He talks about the glory of God. It, it's something abstract and hard to understand. And um, Dr. Dan, he was a dean of students at Multnomah University. Um, uh, he's, he, I'm not going to give you his credentials, but he's a, he's a friend of mine and a guy who was kind of a mentor of mine. And he, he shared uh, what he believed to be God's glory, an illustration of it to me that was very helpful. Uh, Dan liked to cook and he used to do catering things just for fun. Uh, he just enjoyed doing that. And he, one of the things he really liked to do is watch somebody enjoy his food, right? But when he was watching, and you could see a chef enjoying, watching somebody enjoy their creation and their food, and he said that was the glory, that enjoyment was the glory of the chef. So as we enjoy God together, we are bringing glory to God. It's just kind of neat that God is glorified when we enjoy Him together, we praise God for His salvation. We praise God for His glory. That He glories in us His creation. And we praise God for His power. First Chronicles not twenty nine eleven. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. For all that is in the heavens and in the earth is Yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and You are exalted as head above all. He has power over everything in the heavens and the earth. There is nothing that has power over our God. He has the ultimate power. Romans 1.16 For I am not ashamed of the Gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. He has the power of salvation in His hands. 1 Corinthians 6.14 And God raised the Lord and will also raise us up by what? By His power. He has the power of the sal- our salvation. He has the power over death. Acts eight. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be My witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. His power also lives in us, His followers. The same power that rose Jesus from the dead lives in you. And in Christ, we will join Him in the ultimate victory. While it seems like a far way off right now. While it seems like it will never end. And that things will only get worse and worse and worse. In the end, friends, we will share the victory with Christ. And for these things we cry, Hallelujah! Praise Yahweh! It's because of Jesus. Jesus. It's all because of Jesus. And friends, He is more than enough. God, we just thank You for who You are. We thank You for what You have done, what You continue to do. We thank You for the reminder that this morning, God, everything that we have, everything that we hold, everything that we desire, we, all, we find in Your Son, Jesus Christ. We thank You, God, for the reminder that Christ sits on the throne. The Lamb of God who's taken away the sin of this world sits on the throne, God, and we will for eternity praise You and worship You there. Would you join me? Would you stand, friends, as we sing praises to that great God? Continuing on in our text, verses 6-10 through in Revelation 19. Then I heard what seemed to be the voice of a great multitude, like the roar of many waters, and like the sound of mighty peals of thunder crying out, Hallelujah, for the Lord our God, God the Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and exult and give Him glory, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and His bride has made herself ready. It was granted her to clothe herself with fine linen, bright and pure, for the fine linen is, in the, is the righteous deeds of the saints. And the angel said to me, write this, this meal, this marriage supper of the Lamb is the, is the meal that we are looking forward to every time we take the Lord's Supper together. We look back to His death by the elements as we reflect on them and what has been done on our behalf, but we, we do so until He return, returns thinking about the foreshadowing of His return in this marriage supper of the Lamb. Friends, I think this is an exciting time for us to be considering the marriage supper of the Lamb. This is a time that all believers should be looking forward to. Again, at this point, the race will be over. At this point, we will be in the presence of God. And we will be there for eternity. Not because of who we are or anything that we have done or could have done, but because of who He is and what He has done on our behalf. His victory is complete and our God reigns. This is what we are looking forward to. The fact that our God reigns. He reigns over everything, friends. Listen to Psalm 93, 1-5. The Lord reigns. He is robed in majesty. The Lord is robed. He has put on strength as His belt. Yes, the world is established. It shall never be moved. Your throne is established from of old. You are from everlasting. The floods have lifted up. O Lord, the floods have lifted up their voice. The floods lift up their roaring. Mightier than the thunders of many waters. Mightier than the waves of the sea. The Lord on high is mighty. Your decrees are very trustworthy. Holiness befits Your house. O Lord, forevermore. Friends, He reigns over life, He reigns over death, He reigns over kings, He reigns over nations, He reigns over time, He reigns over wars, He reigns over pandemics. Our God reigns and our God wins. Man, I hope that you get excited and encouraged this morning. I know we're here an hour early, I'm thinking about the band, I gave you extra songs on Daylight Savings Time. Please forgive me. They were here at 7.15 this morning preparing, so thank you guys for that. But I hope you get excited today as we're looking at Revelation 19, remembering that our God does indeed reign. And while the game seems long, it seems like it will never end. Victory seems a far way off. Friends, we were reminded that victory is ours in Christ. And we're going to repeat that over and over again this morning. Why? Because hallelujah, praise Yahweh. We have victory in Him. And that's worth being excited about and that's worth repeating. The text tells us that the bride is ready and is clothed and right. The bride is us, the church. Now when it talks about being clothed in white, the text tells us it's specifically talking about the righteous deeds of the saints, not the imputed righteousness of God. Now we know at our salvation, when God looks at us, He sees the righteousness of Jesus. But what we do actually matters with this life. This text means that what we do matters. The sacrifices that you make, the sanctification process that you are in, uh, they all matter. Jesus indeed imputed His righteousness to us for our salvation, but we are called to grow and become more like Him, and there will be a reward for that. Don't give up on your maturing in faith. Don't give up on your righteous deeds. They matter. They matter. The other thing in this text that just screams out to me is this question of, are you invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb? Because of the imputed righteousness of Christ, those of us who are in Christ are invited. We are on the invitation list. If you are not a follower of Jesus Christ, your name is not on that list. And friends, that is a tragedy of all tragedies. Again, the text says, and the angel said to me, write this, blessed are those who are invited, which implies there are many who are not, to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Right now we're living in a day Where that invitation stands. That invitation to put your faith and hope and trust in Jesus our Lord. Friends, He will have the final victory. Will you be found in Him? There will come a time where there will be that marriage supper of the Lamb. Will your name be on that list? Because once that invitation goes out, if your name's not on the list, friend, it's too late. But well, right now if you can hear my voice in this room or you can hear my voice online right now. The invitation is out there. Put your faith and hope and trust in Jesus the Lord our Lord today. You don't have eternity to make that decision. You're not going to be able to make that decision once you die. Make the decision today if you haven't already. Maybe you know somebody That is far from God. Maybe you know somebody in your life that doesn't have that relationship. That name would not be found on the list. Pray, pray, pray for that person. Because all the heaviness in the world that we're seeing, all the things that are going on both throughout the world and in our local community that that are difficult to understand, us as followers of Jesus Christ, there's an end to that. For those who are outside of the Lord, there isn't. Pray for them. Pray for them while there's still time for the invitation. Have you accepted the invitation? That invitation that was written by the blood of the Lamb? Make today the day that you accept that invitation so you can join the saints in praising Him. That you can join the saints in praising the Lamb of God who sits on the throne God, thank You for this reminder. Thank You for the reminder that the saints will be clothed in white not just because of Your imputed righteousness, but because of our righteous deeds. Reminding us to spur us on to living righteously. Thank You, Lord, for this reminder that we have an invitation in Christ written in the blood of the Lamb. And for those who don't have a, a relationship with Jesus, God, I just pray that today is the day that they accept the sacrifice of the Lamb of God who has taken away the sin of this world. Revelation 19, through 16 Then I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, the one sitting on it is called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes are like a flame of fire, he will tread the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God the almighty on his robe and on his thigh he has the name written king of kings and lord of lords friends jesus rides in in this on a white horse when a king rides in on a horse it communicates that he is coming to make war he will not allow the evil in this world to continue forever unchecked he is returning and he is bringing judgment contrast this with the young unwritten donkey that Jesus rides into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday the donkey communicated the king had come in peace we're living in that era right now where Jesus had come in peace and has given us an invitation that we can follow him that we can have salvation in him but he is coming back on a horse to bring judgment and make war for those who are not with him Friends, the king is returning and he is bringing judgment. Jesus first, like I said, he came in peace. Romans 5, 1 and 2, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through Him, we have also obtained access by faith into His grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. We as followers of Jesus Christ, we have been given peace with God through Jesus has come in peace. Don't let this season pass by. This season of peace that we can have peace with God through Jesus Christ. He is returning in judgment. 2 Corinthians 5.10 For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. Jesus is indeed bringing Judgment. And for followers of Jesus Christ, we don't need to be scared by this. But if you are outside of Christ, you should be very afraid. Jesus and His righteousness will come and He will judge. Every knee shall bow. Somebody might say, well, I'm an atheist. Well, guess what? You're going to be on your knee bowing to God. Every king of this world who's ever existed Will have to subject himself to Jesus. He is the King of kings and he is the Lord of lords and he is returning in judgment. And upon his return, he will rule forever. Not for a season, not for a generation. He will rule forever. Ephesians 1 20 and 21 that He worked in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and seated Him at His right hand in the heavenly places far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. Jesus reigns and He will always reign. His name is the greatest name and His name is the name that we praise. And again, today as we do things very differently in our service, I hope that you are encouraged that not just today we get to praise the name of Jesus, but for all eternity, regardless of what's going on in our world. Jesus reigns. And His name is the greatest name. 1 Corinthians 15, 24-28 Then comes the end. When He delivers the Kingdom of God Uh, the kingdom to God the Father after destroying every rule and every authority and power. For He must reign until He has put all His enemies under His feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. For God has put all things in subjection under His feet. But when it says all things are put in subjection, it is plain that He is expected who put all things in subjection under Him. Accepted, not expected, sorry. When all things are subjected to Him, then the Son Himself will also be subjected to Him who put all things in in subjection under Him that God may be all in all. Today we gather as we look at Revelation 19 and we think about what's to come. The victory is there, but the battle is long. It's drawn out. And if you're like me of late, it feels like we're getting beaten. But again, we rejoice and we praise God that the victory in Christ is ours. And the victory in Christ isn't for a season, it isn't for a generation, but it's for all eternity. We're going to pray and we have one more song to sing as we praise God our Father. God, thank You for this day. Thank You for this text. Thank You for the reminder that the victory is ours in You. But thank you also for that reminder that that victory is ours only in you. And that we need to subject ourselves to you and your authority in our lives. Not later on, that may not happen. But today, right now, we need to subject ourselves to you. God, we praise and we worship you, our King.